Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Ann Ortley's Weekly Weather. My name is Ann Ortley. I'm an astrologer here in Florida, uh, overlooking Boca Ciega Bay. Yesterday, I put the uh, tried to start the podcast, and uh, it crashed. My system crashed, so I thought I'm going to bed, <laughs> which is what I did. So we're trying again. My podcast got eclipsed. Also, Mercury retrograde is stationing, and Jupiter's at its last degree, and we're having a rocking and rolling kind of crazy week. So, welcome to the weekly weather for May 8th to May 14th. And remember, the eclipses are here. The eclipses are here. We are moving forward into this very exciting week as we go from the new moon to the full moon, which is going to really kick us up into high gear. Jupiter is going into Aries this week for the first time in 12 years. Yes, think back 12 years ago, what was going on for you when Jupiter last entered Aries. It's a new beginning, a new start. Uh, The first part of the week is going to be the last degrees of Jupiter in Pisces at a very, very psychic degree, at a very, the anoretic degree of the last sign of the last degree of the zodiac. And so you're summing up the last 12 years. You might even be thinking in 12-year increments, 24 years ago, 36 years ago, what was going on? I know in my case, I was sitting by the pool last night and kind of contemplating like 36 years ago when the nodes were here, 19 years ago when the nodes were here, these major, major shifts and changes in our lives. So as Jupiter goes into Aries this week, we start a new 12-year cycle because we initiate. He goes over the equator and he says, I am here. And of course, Jupiter is a sky god. He is how we, you know, we have our five personal planets, moon and sun and Mercury and Venus and Mars. But the Jupiter is everybody born in your same year. If you do Chinese astrology, it's your year of your animal. Like I'm a wood horse, you know, a rooster, an ox or whatever, you know, whatever that energy is and the Jupiter is how you relate to the outside world so when he starts a new journey and he goes into Aries this week we're initiating a journey now he's only going to be in Aries through the fall and then he backs into Pisces for a little cleanup duty and then he goes back into Aries right before the new year starts so we're getting a not a false start but we're going only up to the first eight degrees of Jupiter in Aries And then he's going to stop and he's going to go back and he's going to go, oh, let's work that out. Let's work that out. So the energy of Jupiter going into Aries, of course, is feisty and fast and quick moving. And Mars, who rules Aries, is in Pisces. So Jupiter and Mars can switch places. It's a thing called mutual reception. So Mars can feel like he's in Aries and Jupiter can feel like he's in Pisces just until Mars gets out of Pisces, and then they kind of really adjust. But with the eclipses, we know we're working on some really deep stuff. Uh, These eclipses are in Taurus and Scorpio. Scorpio, of course, is our psychological issues, our understanding, our issues that we receive from our family, the things that we hold deep inside we maybe don't talk about, we maybe don't mention, but they're very active this week because the eclipses are here. Now, if we think back to last fall, 
when the uh, oral arguments happened for Roe versus Wade, now we have the eclipses where we're getting the document revealed. That's the Mercury in his retrograde shadow. Uh, and Mercury stations to go retrograde Tuesday, and he's going to be going retrograde until June 3rd. Uh, and, of course, last fall the arguments happened. Now we have the eclipses now. And then Election Day in November is another eclipse. So we see the story begin. We have a part two. We'll have a part three when we get to Election Day. So it's an important energy to watch, you know, think back what was going on for you in November because the eclipse that we're about to have in a week or so on the full moon is at the same degree as the eclipse last November. And what eclipses want us to do is bring things to consciousness. There's a sense of I've been working on this. I've been thinking about this. I now feel really intense and I have to do something about it. So that's the energy of eclipses. Now, you know, it's often recommended by astrologers that you kind of take a pause, you pulse a little, you kind of sit back in your chair and go, wow, I'm really feeling very rocked by this, you know. And I know in my case, um, I was leaving uh, Astrology Hub in November. That was when, when Amanda decided to change the format. So now I've been doing this pocket uh, you know, the uh, this, these guys on the YouTube, and I've also been, you know, offering uh, Astrology in Your Pocket, new version called Couple of Stars. So I know for me, it's like, okay, well, I'm assessing what happened last November, thinking about it, but also think about what was going on 19 years ago and 36 years ago, because the story is back up again, because the eclipses are here. The eclipses are here. And we have this energy of needing to move forward when the eclipses are really active. So let's take a look at our story of what we're going to be working with this weekend, this week. So here's the eclipse that we had on the 30th. That's the new moon eclipse that we're working with, and we're migrating it towards the full moon. So we have another week till it's a full moon, and then we have the two weeks after. So we still have three more weeks of eclipse energy. Remember, Mercury entered his retrograde shadow the Tuesday before the eclipse, the end of April, and now Mercury is going to stop and go retrograde on Tuesday, and he's going to go backwards until uh, he goes direct, which is basically usually 21 days. So in this case, he's going to go backwards until June 3rd. When we look at the charts for the week, we also see Jupiter here entering Aries. Whoops. I'm going to see if I can get the uh, the mouse to work again. We got it to work the last time, and people went, ooh, the mouse is working. Okay, laser pointer. All right, so here we see that nice little Jupiter and Aries there, and he enters Aries uh, on uh, May 10th at 721 p.m. East Coast time, and then he is going to be in Aries until October 28th. Then he goes back into Pisces for a little while, and then he re-enters Aries on December 27th, and he's in Aries until next May, May 16th. So as he goes into Aries now, we're going to look at what Jupiter wants to bring us on this first of two passes. So he's going to enter Aries, and then he's going to go retrograde back over Jupiter, 
uh, in Aries on uh, October 28th, and then he's going to come back over that zero point. Now, whenever a planet enters a zero point, particularly zero of the cardinal signs, we know we're initiating a new growth cycle. Jupiter takes 12 years, actually about 11 and a half years, to go all the way around the zodiac. So as he enters this new thing, think back to what you were doing in 210 when he last entered Aries, and that story's coming to an end. So um, we have, you know, a lot of people making changes in their life. You know, I've had a lot of clients resigning jobs. I've had friends leaving positions, um, you know, saying I'm kind of done with this. I need to move on and go do something else. Notice in the chart cast for the East Coast, for Washington, Jupiter is in the fifth house of children, and Aries is the sign of war. Are we having a war about children? <laughs> Can't make this stuff up. Astrology is what it is. You can see in this chart that there is a lovely mystic rectangle here. See the mystic rectangle, right? And it's angular, right? Uh, it involves the ascendant in Scorpio. Scorpio is endings, death, and change. It involves the moon in Virgo. Virgo is mothers, and Virgo is service, and Virgo is posture, and how we do it. And that moon is high up there in the 10th house. And then we also see it involves Uranus, unexpected changes. Uranus is also separations. It's very common. Uh, remember Uranus's mythology? He got his testicles cut off by his child Saturn. So we have Uranus there. And then we come down here to this nice little Mars and Pisces, right? And Mars is also trying to the node, but we see this energy and we also see Juno, the planet here, trining the ascendant. So we see that there's a mystic rectangle that's a complicated one that involves uh, partnerships, relationships, taking action, severing things, ending things, breaking things apart, Moon, Virgo, mothers, families, tribes, service. And, of course, Virgo moon uh, often is a poor moon. You know, there's certain moons that are a little poor, and when your progressed moon is in Virgo, or if you're born with the moon in Virgo, a lot of times at that time your family was not, when you were born, your family wasn't doing well financially. It's a working moon when you have a moon in Virgo. And then the rising sign is Scorpio. So we see this set up for this Jupiter and Aries. Uh, and then, of course, the retrograde happens October 28th when it goes back into Pisces, where it is now, where it was this week uh, when we had the leaked draft. But also in your own life, whatever happened in these last couple weeks, we're going to be revising it and revisiting it when we get to the fall. And so when we see that, we're like, okay, I'm, I'm seeing that that's really changing in terms of the direction of how I'm headed and where I'm going. Then the next up in terms of our, uh, our aspects this week is Mercury stationing to go retrograde. So Mercury stations to go retrograde on Tuesday morning, bright and early, 7.47 a.m. He's going retrograde with Jupiter still at the last degrees of Pisces. Right, And we have a uh, Gemini rising high in the chart. At the top of the chart, the midheaven for Washington is the moon in the United States Sibley chart. We see a lot of planets here in 10, 11, 12, which is all about working for the greater good of the collective or mobilizing or moving out, moving out and getting things accomplished. Uranus, of course, is about 
change, change in the 12th house. The Uranus is living in the 12th house, so it's bringing us change. So when we look at these charts, we do see that there's a focus here. And in this case, Moon is in early Virgo, opposite Juno in Pisces. So when we look at the world and the collective, we're also seeing over in Ukraine, we're seeing folks going back. They're saying, hey, I've been a refugee. I want to go back home. I don't want to live in Aries. I want to go back in. So we also know that we've got a lot of energy with these eclipses of bringing things to light, wanting us to see things. And as we go from the new moon to the full moon, we're in expansion mode. And of course, the new moon is we get a shock. We find out something. We go, oh, wow, I didn't know about that. And then we go towards the full moon where we process the emotions. Sometimes eclipses are emotions, and we have the emotions come up, and then we have to process and figure out what we're going to do. But this one is tell you about it, tell you about secrets, tell you about things going on behind the scenes, help you understand it. And we also see Ceres here in Gemini, which is ruled by Mercury, and Ceres is out of bounds in an inconjunct or an adjusting aspect to Pluto and Capricorn. So there's a definite energy here about how do we work, and then the series, of course, is in a trine to uh, Saturn, and the two of them are in a minor grand trine to Eris. And, of course, Pluto was in a trine to Mercury, which he still is, and then we have this Neptune-Jupiter energy forming a minor grand trine with them. Remember, planets take a little while to move. So the minor grand trine that was a feature of the eclipse is starting to separate. But with Mercury, you can see the little red S here stopping. He's now going to go backwards into Taurus again and uh, station again in the end of June and then scooch forward, leaving Gemini when we get into early July. So there's a lot of energy, a lot of things coming to light. Remember, Mercury loves being in Gemini. He is able to communicate. He talks. He says things. He's got a little mouth on him. And so as Mercury trines Pluto, you want to watch for triangle drama, you know, like you, me, and the other person, you, me, and the other thing. And, of course, a lot of people are experiencing triangle drama. Stuff is coming up. They're finding out about triangles they didn't know about before. And that's okay. That's part of what Mercury wants us to do, because for us to be fully informed, to make conscious decisions as we begin this Jupiter and Aries chapter, this next 12 years, we have to have the information we need to make decisions. And of course, last week, Jupiter was sextiling Saturn or Pluto. Now, if you remember, they met up at the election last year. Jupiter and Pluto met up at 2020 uh, at, you know, 23, 24, 22 Capricorn. They met up three times in 2020. And, uh, of course, that fall, that last conjunction, was when the third Supreme Court Justice, Amy Coney Barrett, got appointed to the Supreme Court. Um, so we see, you know, the three conservative justices there, the Mars, the Neptune, and the Jupiter. So we're looking at, um, we're looking at really deep energy around understanding. And the beauty of astrology, you know, when I tie it to the outside world, again, not with a judgment, just saying, hey, were you surprised? 
<laughs> yeah, and you were like, I was. It's like, okay, that's the astrology. Eclipses bring things to light, and they make people leave. Eclipsen. They go, wow, I didn't know about that. So there's a lot of energy here around how we work with this energy. And, and the whole point, the whole point of astrology, good, bad, or indifferent, is if you understand what the energy is, you can use it. If you don't understand what the energy is, not so much. So the energy this week with that lovely Mercury going retrograde gives us the opportunity to understand how we're going to change things. And remember, Mercury rules the rising sign as well as that out-of-bounds series. He also rules the Virgo planets, in this case, that moon in Virgo down there. Uh, last but not least, Ceres enters Cancer this week. And we always notice when planets change and bump along, there's an energy. Now, when Ceres down here enters Cancer, the first thing she does is square that Jupiter in Aries. That is an opening square because Ceres is slower moving than Jupiter. So Ceres in Cancer is the sign of the mother and family and tribe. And Ceres is going to be in Cancer until July 24th of 2022. But opening squares make us take action. So Ceres in the sign of the mother squaring Jupiter in the sign of justice, relationships, beginnings, we get an idea that between now and the end of July, we're going to have a little rocking and rolling. In the midst of all this, we're having our Pluto return as a country. So the second Pluto square, the second time Pluto gets to the, the uh, second house, Pluto in the Sibley chart, is July 11th. So we've got this Pluto return kind of lurking over all of this. And Pluto always brings to mind our power dynamics, understanding power, what is power, what is our power, what is their power, who's trying to put power over on you, how are you using your power, all, all questions about power. And I would encourage all of you, because we're all having a Pluto transit, we live in the United States, pick up Robert Greene's book on power, The 48 Laws of Power, which I always recommend in a reading to people when they have when they're having a Pluto transit, but it's an excellent book. It kind of lays out the power dynamics. It says when they do this, they're trying to exert power. These are your options. This is what you can do about it. So it's a helpful book for getting clarity. Okay. Um, and so this week we'll do the moons. Uh, it's obviously a busy week with Jupiter going into a new sign for the first time in 12 years. Ceres going into a new sign for the first time in four years. And Mercury retrograde, making everything a little crazy. So we have the calendar here for the moons. Uh, so today the moon is void, of course, all day. It went void this morning at 8.39 in the morning. And it will go into Virgo tonight at 6.53 p.m. Moon went void with an opposition to Saturn. Moon in Leo, opposite Saturn in Aquarius. There's kind of an aha moment. But there also is a separation and a realization of things changing, things separating, things ending, things leaving us. Uh, as moon goes into Virgo at the end of this nice long void day today, the 9th, moon is in Virgo uh, Monday night, all day Tuesday, all day Wednesday, and Thursday until a little bit at midnight. And then it goes, moon goes void with a trine to Pluto. And then it's 2.34 in the morning, East Coast time on the 12th, Thursday, it enters Libra. It's in Libra on Thursday, on Friday, on Saturday. It goes void at 4.07 with a square to Pluto. 
Um, and then it's void for a couple hours on Saturday morning, and then it goes into Scorpio at 6.34 a.m. on Saturday the 14th. It's in Scorpio Saturday, Sunday. It goes towards that full moon that happens next week on Monday night at 12.14 and then a.m., and then the moon goes void Monday morning at 5.28 a.m. Moon in Scorpio goes void with a sextile to Pluto. So the Virgo moon is very active. That's the moon Monday night, Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, And its closing aspect is a trine to Pluto. The Libra moon, the 12th and the 13th, is a little bit harsher, but it's a square to Pluto. So one of the things they're making noise about is having a vote in the Senate about what your position is on Roe versus Wade. Well, not on your, that on women's health, but the underlying is, okay, on the record, guys. Uh, And one of the things, you know, I always find really interesting when these power dynamics erupt like this, and this is an eruption, I think everybody, you know, it's what you've been talking about for the last few days, right? Um, When there's an eruption like this, it's always really interesting to see how it is. And I know uh, I'm a Catholic. I'm, you know, I personally could not have an abortion myself. Uh, And I remember saying that to people when I dated them and I was in the reproductive age of my life. I would say, you know, just so you know, if I get pregnant, <laughs> be careful. I'm going to carry it to term. That said, I also don't think I can impose my will on other people. The United States is separation of church and state. People need to be able to do what they need to do for their own self-care. So I'm a, I'm a pro-choice Catholic, but personally, I couldn't do it for my own belief system. Everybody's got their own. That's good. And no judgment, I've taken people uh, to abortion clinics, and I've paid for abortions for friends that had trouble financially. So it's definitely a mixed area. And I remember dating this guy once. It was an Internet date. It didn't go well. And he said, you know, you're really opinionated for a woman. And I'm like, yeah, I am, I am opinionated. I am, a, I am an opinionated woman. He goes, most women aren't opinionated about anything except abortion. And I looked at him and I said, well, actually, that's one of the things I'm kind of really unopinionated on. I know I couldn't do it myself, but I don't think I can tell other people what to do. And uh, suffice to say, we didn't have a second date. Um, Because then he said something about that he didn't think it was date rape unless they struggled. (laughs) And I looked at him and I went, really? Unless they struggled? Uh, And then I told him the story when I was was in college. I went to an all-Catholic college, which, you know, we were all, most of us were virgins when we got there. And one of the guys fell in love with one of the girls on my floor. And they all, all the guys lived in their dorm. And they had this thing called a kangaroo court. And they said he was madly in love with so-and-so. And then they sentenced him to, they found him guilty. And then they sentenced him to a swirly which was putting his head in a toilet and flushing it. And one of my friends was the trigger man. So he's telling me the story. I'm like, he put his head in the toilet because he has a girlfriend? And they were like, yeah. And I remember thinking, hmm. So I told the guy the story. And I said, so, like, if you struggle and they put your head in the toilet or they put a loaded swirly in, which, of course, means there's things in the toilet, it still isn't pleasant. It's still a swirly. I said, that's kind of like date rape. You don't have to struggle to have it be bad. 
And the guy looked at me and then he said to the maitre d', we're not eating dinner. And I said, no, we're not eating dinner. But I remember having that, those two conversations with him that I wasn't opinionated about that, whereas I was opinionated about a lot of other stuff, which I still am, and that that was kind of an interesting take on it. So with this Virgo moon, you're going to be, and of course, it's a south node in Scorpio, so I'm bringing up really gross stuff, and I do apologize. Hopefully, you laughed a little at that. But that Scorp- that Virgo moon brings up stuff and wants to talk about things. Then when we get to the Libra moon, we have a struggle. And then we get to the Scorpio moon, and we have clarity. But remember, that full moon in Scorpio is echoing the same degree that was uh, active last November, and the lunar eclipse will be at 25 Scorpio. So a lot of energy. The tough days are today because the moon in Leo is forming a fast-moving finger of God when it aspects Neptune and Pluto. So that's a speedy finger of God that we're going to be working with. Uh, that's one of the tough days. Another tough day is Friday because the moon in Libra is also forming uh, difficult aspects in the sky. So those are the DB days. And then we also have Saturday is a little tough, the 14th, and of course, uh, Sunday, the 15th is tough. So there's a lot of, this is a tough week uh, because there are all these intense energies flying around, swirling around, making us all super emotional. And remember, Mars is going towards, he's going to be activating the full moon eclipse that we have next week. So we're going to feel the tension build. We're going to feel the emotions build. It's a very intense week. And uh, it's eclipse week. You know, we know when there's eclipses, stuff comes up that we really have to pay attention to. So the sun this week is going from uh, 17 uh, Taurus to 24 Taurus. Uh, The sun aspects the nodes of fate on May 13th and and invites them. Sun also has a square with Saturn on May 15th and a sextile to Neptune. So the sun is in Taurus. He's really feeling the energy. And, of course, May 15th is Sunday. So that's an intense day. Mercury this week is going from 439 Gemini retrograde, very slow. He's parked in the sky. He stations on May 10th at 747 a.m., and then he zips backwards. He does have a contraparallel to Pluto on the 12th. So that can be information coming in that you're really upset about. And, of course, May 12th is probably when the votes are going to happen in the con- in the Senate. But let's see. We'll see if those are accurate dates. Venus this week, busy bee. She is going from one Aries all the way to 15 Aries. She's flying. She's flying quickly through the sky. That's almost two degrees a day. Think about it. One week, she goes zipping along. Actually, I lied. She goes from seven areas. That's really fast for Venus. She goes from seven areas to 15 areas, a degree a day. Still pretty fast for the girl. Um, She does have a lot of contentious energy around relationships on the 10th because she's she's arguing with your strategic partners and how you're going to approach things. Venus is also semi-square Saturn this week and Vesta. On some level, you can't go home again. On some level, there's a shift in the energy where you're seeing. And remember, Venus is in a fiery mood, but she also can switch places with Mars and Pisces 
and he's he's a little wishy-washy, but Venus can make him do things, and Mars can say to her, so what, what's your vision? What's your dream? So you want to watch. Are they fighting, or are they getting along? Are they working in their higher strategic vision, or are they just being difficult? And that is the week. They can be really difficult, or they can be working in their higher. And again, conscious choice about this. Generally, on a collective level, they usually go lower, you know, just, you know, saying. Uh, Venus meets up with Chiron on the 15th, which is, uh, they're both in Aries, meeting up and having a little bit of a wounded energy. And Venus also is contraparallel Neptune on the 12th, which is, I'm seeing you and I see who you are. There's a great deal of emotional reveals this week where you're going to reveal things, where you're going to hear things, you're going to know things, find out things. Remember Mercury's stationing. He wants to tell you the story. This also is a time when you hear from your ghosts, people from your past. You think about your past. You know, I was thinking back back to 1980, uh, 1985. Sorry. When <laughs> the British lady always shocks me. Um I was thinking back to 1985 and what was going on then because the eclipses were, the nodes were at the same point. So there's a lot of memories surfacing. Uh, Mars this week does have a sextile to the nodes of fate, wants to take action with them on the 14th of May. Very positive. Mars also has a semi-square to Athena on May 11th. Strategic plans, taking taking action on strategic plans. That's the British lady for the blog talk people. Um, Saturn, not too busy this week, but he does have a quintile on May 15th with Athena. Uh, and Athena, of course, is in Taurus. It's like physical. Like, I want a strategic vision that's physical. And we did talk about Pluto in a hard aspect to Ceres, that in conjunct that the two of them have, where Ceres is in Taurus. And um, she is squaring Aries, but she also is in conjunct to Pluto saying we need to make some kind of psychological adjustments. And then last but not least, we talked about Ceres going into Cancer, where she'll be until July 24th. So those are the energies of the week. Uh, when we look at it, it's an intense week. Every time she says that, I jump. I have a low startle. Um, so there also is out on my website, uh, the Pluto Return to the United States, a webinar you can purchase. There also is the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction that we just had. I'll also be doing a quick little overview of Jupiter and Aries this week that I'll make available to you. And then last but not least, I have an offering of Cupful of Stars where you get an 8 to 10 minute, this last couple of weeks it's been, it's been a few 11 days, uh, audio of what the aspects for the day are, which allows you to take this weekly weather that I do in a big week and to break it into little chunks. So hopefully that gives you some idea about how to work with the energy of the week and that you find it helpful and productive. And remember, the eclipses are here. It's very intense. You do not have to take action, but you do have to notice what's going on. At the same time, you may feel like I absolutely positively have to take some action. And just as an example, I mean, we've had uh, complete Republican control of the House, the Senate, and the presidency, and those guys have never voted on abortion before. And now we're going to say, okay, we're going to pin it on you. you got to pick what side are you really on. And see, for me, couldn't do it for myself, 
could do it, could let other people do it, I would vote for it. Uh, but, you know, we're entering strange and dangerous and challenging and interesting times with our Pluto return, where we start to learn about our own personal sovereignty. And, of course, the Declaration, the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, we're challenging that. We're looking at that. We're understanding what is your life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness? Should the state, the government, regulate you? And if so, how? Why? What does that regulation look like? And those are all burning questions that we're going to have as we face our Pluto return this year and also on the eclipse where it brings things to light and it says, hmm, Pluto, Mercury, rules about power, hmm, Jupiter, Neptune, private. It's in the stars. So remember, you're a child of the universe and it is unfolding as it should. Hang in there. It'll get easier. And it is a very sensitive week for folks, so contact people if you know they're having a hard time. Uh, check in on them. Tell them you love them. Because that's all we have. Take care. Anne Ortley wishing you a great week. Bye. This conference is no longer being recorded. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.